Take your Bibles, and if you're holding it, uh, chapter number 7. And verse number 17, I want to draw your attention to. Chapter number 17, If thou shalt say in thine heart. Let me say that again. If thou shalt say in thine heart. These nations are more than I. How can I dispossess them? Thou shalt not be afraid of them, but thou but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all Egypt. The great temptation which thine eyes saw, and the signs, and the wonders, and the mighty hand, and the stretched out arm, whereby the Lord thy God brought thee out. So shall thy Lord thy God do unto all the people of whom thou art afraid. Moreover, the Lord thy God will send the hornets among them until they that are left and hide themselves from thee be destroyed. Verse 21, thou shalt not be affrighted at them. For the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this college. Thank you for the faithfulness of the faculty. Thank you for the students who have given themselves to you to come and learn to be better Christians, to be your servants, your ministers. Father, I pray that this message will have an impact on our lives. I pray that as we sit, listen, help me to communicate and to express myself clearly and effectively. Holy Spirit, I pray that your word would impact our hearts and that we would have ears to hear and a heart to obey, that we may honor you with our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. Please be seated. I was, Verda was, Verda and I get up when we go to Lay. Lay is a city, a port city that we travel to from Wow. We live in a town called Wow. And when you come to Wow, you'll say, Wow, <laughs> is this it? Um, we, it's at the end of the road, literally. Sometimes we have electricity, sometimes we don't. And sometimes uh, if it doesn't rain, we don't have water. And so we collect our waters off the roof into drums and, and containers and use that. And if we have a medical issue, we travel. I broke my leg and had to travel four and a half hours on a bumpy road. It's only 96 miles, but four and a half hours. Some of it's four-wheel drive. We cross a couple rivers and, and through the streams and to grandmother's house we go. And uh, traveling to Lay and... and and I find that uh, as we, in Lay, it's where we do all of our shopping and get our supplies and medical attention and different things. And, 
And one morning, we leave real early in the morning. Yeah, about four o'clock in the morning, we try to get out and so we can do the shopping early. One morning, we get out and the, it's dark. My wife's sitting, the children are in the back of the vehicle and we're, I'm driving along and all of a sudden, my wife feels something on her leg. And she feels it moving and coming up and now it's on her lap. And she's feeling that and she says, stop the car. Stop the car immediately and turn on the light. And she opens the door and this big old spider, about the big of your hand and hairy legs. And she throws it across or swipes it at it and it goes out the door. And, and for the next three hours, we hear a lecture on why we should keep the windows up in the car at night. When we, if you've seen our display, I don't know how many people have exp, uh, had mentioned, man, that display, those bugs, they scare me. I, I could never go to New Guinea. One thing about bugs, they're mostly nocturnal. Uh, when we're sleeping at night, we have security lights around our house, but every once in a while, you'll hear thud, and then it flies around, then it comes thud, and it does that all night until it dies and then you see it on the ground last night in the morning and say, oh, yeah, that was the one that did it. And he's, his body is about as big as your hand and been coming to the light and hitting the side of the, uh, the siding of the house and keeping us up all night. But sometimes fear keeps us or uh, we're afraid of certain things. And here in our story of uh, Moses is rehearsing to the children of Israel, he says, I just want to let you know, I, I, God is telling me to tell you not to be afraid. Why would he say that? Because 38 years prior to this, remember, Israel standing at the same place, having the same opportunity to follow God and His Word and enter in, to enter into the promised land. And 12, tri 12 spies went into the land, and you know the story. 12 came back. Two says, yes, let's go, we can do it. But the other 10, what'd they say? What was their report? Their report discouraged the people to the point that they were afraid and they said, no, we cannot do it. We will not do it. And God says, okay. And for 38 years, the people who are standing here have seen their father die and their grandfather die and their mother pass away and the generation passed away. A new generation comes on the scene and in this scene, they have given the an opportunity to enter into the land. But notice the instruction that is given. Now, he says, Thou, if thou shalt say, where? In thine heart. In thine heart. Many decisions, before we vocalize it and before we tell other people about it, are made in our hearts. And we need to be careful and to guard our hearts. 
In fact, as you read Deuteronomy in chapter number 8, Moses talks about guarding your heart from self-reliance. In chapter 9, we are instructed to guard our hearts from being self-righteous. In chapter 15, we are instructed to guard our hearts from being selfish. In chapter 29, we are instructed to guard our hearts from sin. But this morning, I want to encourage you to guard your heart from this area of fear. Saying, I can't do that. There's no way. We can go to where there's a two-step snake and one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. We can't go, man, I, I just don't like spiders and all those bugs. But let's look at our lives. Fear this morning can be a detriment to you and in obedience to God. Or we can overcome fear and allow faith to see God do the impossible in our lives. But it starts in the heart. Moses instructs, hey, don't say in your heart. It's not vocalized. It's not something that, hey, we can't go in there because of fear. But it's in the heart. The Bible says what's in the heart will come out. It'll be shown in our actions and our, what we say and how, how we say it. Fear. In a survey, it is said that there's over 7,000 types of fear. Fear of spiders is number one. Fear of snakes is number two. Number three, fear of heights. Number four, spaces, open or closed. And number five, public speaking. And number 98 in this long list, and I will not share the list with you or talk out about the 7,000 types of fears, but 98, a fear of zombies. Imagine that. I, I can't even imagine that. Fear. Fear keeps us from doing what God wants us to do. And sometimes you look at a mission field, and sometimes you look at ministry, and sometimes you look at uh, things in our lives, and fear grips our hearts, and we say, man, how could I ever do that? I could never do that. Don't let fear keep you from doing what God wants you to do. God has a plan for each one of you, and God has a, 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 a desire for you to grow and to bless your life and to uh, be a minister of His gospel. But sometimes we are disobedient, just as the children of Israel is disobedient, because in our hearts, fear grips us. I say, I can't do that. Fear. Fear limits us in ministry. Fear causes us to make decisions contrary to the Word of God. I like Saul, King Saul, seeking 
a witch. Fear stifles growth and prohibits victory and limits one's quality life, like Israel cowering to a giant. Fear makes one timid and non-productive. Fear causes one to miss out on God-given opportunities, seeing God do the impossible. David believed God and won the victory. Jeremiah was reluctant to obey God. But notice this. In Jeremiah chapter 1, and verse number 4, he says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child. For thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. And notice the last part of that. He says, Be not afraid of their faces. And then the encouraging words that God gives to Jeremiah was, For I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Don't be afraid. Don't let fear keep you from doing what I tell you to do. Here's a couple points. How do we overcome fear? Man, yeah, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You don't understand my feelings. You don't understand my fear. You don't understand. I understand a lot of things, and especially when it comes to this area of fear. For me to knock on a door was unheard of. Man. And it's still... Uh, to go and knock on somebody's door and to be able to respond to a question or to uh, stir up a conversation, that's not me. But yet, I'm so glad that that fear has not limited me from doing what God wants me to do. Number one, something to help us to overcome fear, number one, remember God's word. God is a keeper of his commandment. Remember God's word and that he is a keeper of covenant. Uh, verse number eight and nine of chapter number seven. Chapter, verse number eight. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because ye were more in number than any other people. For ye were the fewest of all the people, but because the Lord loveth you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. Hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of the Pharaoh king of Egypt? Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to the thousands generation. Remember this, that God honors his word. And in that, God gave me a verse when he began to deal with me about ministry. 
And Psalms 27 and verse number one, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? That is a verse that I hold dear and a promise that God has kept in my life because of the fears that I face. Remember, God is a God who keeps His word. For God had not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 2 Timothy 1.7 Romans chapter 8, verse 31. Whom shall I... Whom shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Isaiah chapter 44, verse number 8. Fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have not I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Yea, are even my witnesses? Is there not a God besides me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. God is there and He's with us and He will give us the strength and the ability to be able to fulfill His Word. I remember Dr. Baskin in class always encouraged us as students. <laughs> One of the things that he used to say was, well, if you fail my test, remember God has a purpose and you need to take it again and learn from it. But he's always said this, with God's calling is his enabling. God will enable us whom God has called. He will enable us to do what he has called us to do. When you're, you're fearful, there are times that I don't want to do that. And then we cry out to God, and I cry out to God, God, you know I can't do this. You know it's hard for me to do this. I need you. And that's where God wants us. He wants to show Himself to us, but He wants us to be dependent upon Him. And He allows certain things to come into our lives, and even fears come into our lives, to show us that God can work through us and, and is willing to work through us and to accomplish His will. But not only remember that God is a God who keeps His word, but remember this. Remember His works. I think that's important too in verse number 18 of chapter 7, Deuteronomy. Verse number 18, thou shalt not be afraid of them, but shalt well remember what the Lord thy God did unto Pharaoh and unto all of Egypt. Remember. Remember when you were in this difficult situation and God brought you out? Israel, remember what God has done? Never forget. What God is doing and working in your life. How that God has provided for you and now fear grips your heart and says, I don't know where this money's coming from. I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm going to pass this grade. 
And then remember, God supplied your needs. You worked hard and God supplied your need and now God will supply it. Matter of faith, trusting, but remember what God has done in your life. So many times I can remember and look back, saying, yes, God, give me strength, and God, give me the ability to be able to do this and accomplish this, start this church and go to this church and start this church. And although there's different obstacles and different fears, and God gave the grace. And every point in my life where I look and feel tension and feel fearful, I look back and remember, no, God was faithful here. God was faithful here. And God's going to be faithful now. He's going to give me the encouragement. He's going to give me the strength. He's going to give me the ability to be able to accomplish what He has called me to do. Remember His works. And He is bringing this to Israel because they're at the same point that they're fathers were 38 years ago. And it was fear that kept them from going into the promised land. And now he says, don't say in your heart, but remember my words and remember my promise and remember the things that I've already done. Remember who I am. The God who called you is a God who's going to supply for you, is a God who's going to keep you, and a God who's going to sustain you and keep you going until He calls you home. Remember. Remember His works. Remember what God has done for you. Psalms 37, verse number five, 3. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Fear. In New Guinea, there's many times that were fearful times. I remember going up to our second church that we were starting. It's up on a mountain. A road going up to the mountain is a clay road. Uh, and when it rains, clay is very slippery like ice. And we had it in four-wheel drive. We were going up to the church, and on the one side of the road is a cliff that goes straight down into a river, and the other side is a mountain. And we were going up, driving the car up the steep incline, and it was raining, and the road was slippery and slippy. And as I was driving up, I wasn't going forward. I was reversing. Although it was in first gear and, and was foot is on the gas, and the tires were spinning forward, we were going backwards. And the car was turning in a direction where we would go off the cliff. That's a very fearful moment. I was thinking, man, God, I can't stop this. My wife's with me, our children's with me. If we go off this 
heal, we're, we're, we'll see you soon. It wasn't, we stopped, the car stopped. It's as if somebody had pushed and stopped the car. We were just inches away from going over that cliff. That was a fearful moment. But that fearful moment did not keep me from, oh, I'm not going to drive that road again. I can't go to that village. I, man, I may fall off and, and we may die. Don't want that to happen. No, just because you have a moment where it's fearful shouldn't keep you from going and continuing on. You go forward. Another moment where we started our church in Wandumi, number six. I remember going out and inviting Sergeant. We're just meeting outside under, under a tree, basically. And going in the village and passing out tracts, inviting people to come. And went to one house and the man was sitting on the outside by the fire. And he sent his child over to get a piece of paper. He, child came. I talked to him a little bit, gave him a piece of paper. The child ran back to his dad, and his dad looked up at me, pointed his finger at me, and says, this is what I'm going to do to you if you come into our village. And he took that paper, and he tore it up, threw it on the ground, says, don't you come back again. That's pretty fearful. What a threat. What would you feel like? I feel like running away. <laughs> I said, yes, sir. Thank you. Next day, I was back there. Today, there's a church that we just indigenized, and, and uh, last year, they called their pastor, a young man that you heard on the video, Matthias, led him to the Lord, baptized him, Verta taught him how to read and write. He was, uh, God called him ministry. We ordained him last year. I'm so glad, and now the church has called him to be their pastor. I'm so glad that a man who threatens, yeah, I brought fear. He was much larger than I was. <laughs> but you know what? That fear that came over me did not keep me from doing what God wanted me to do. There's things that we face, and it may be fearful things, We've gone through tribal fights, pretty scary, hearing gunfires, seeing houses burn up, come on our property and torch a house. Yeah, those are fearful things. But what sustains us? God's promise. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to keep you. You're in my hand. Don't worry. Fear. But you know what? Sometimes we look at and we read, you Google Papua New Guinea, the, uh, the um, uh, U.S. Embassy just put out a report saying it's under restriction. Some of the, uh, there's travel advisories out. Bougainville is one of them where my son is. The Highlands is another one. Uh, there's other places where if you stay there, 
and uh, something happens to you, the U.S. Embassy is not responsible for you. And some people would read that and say, man, that's a dangerous place. I don't think I could go there. And just that alone would keep you from doing what God wants you to do. A report here, a, a bug here, a snake here, uh, what is it? God has a plan for you. God wants to use you in a much greater way than what you want to be used, honestly. And yet Satan brings in a, an attitude of fear. I can't never do that. I don't know how many times I've heard I could never do that. It's so frightening. Driving in L.A. is frightening to me. <laughs> Driving in Lancaster at 50 miles an hour on the cross streets is frightening to me. You know, when you're doing what God wants you to do, there's no need to fear. Yes, we have fears. That's, that's part of life. But what are you going to do when those fears come to you? Are you going to say, I can't do that? Or are you going to know God's word? God has called me. God will give me the strength. And by faith, I'm going to continue. There's a world that is lost. And Satan will try to do everything in his power to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. Sometimes fear, fear of failure. Man, I, I, I don't want to try this because I may fail. Man, we fail all the time. A failure is not a failure until you give up completely. You keep on going, keep on serving, doing what God wants you to do. God has a plan for your life. If thou, what's he say? If thou shalt say in thine heart, I don't know what's in your heart. God does. But what's in your heart will come out. And it will either be following God's will or it will be following your will. And what's in your heart, if it's fear, it'll keep you from doing what God wants you to do. There's many things. I was saved, in a, I was raised in a Christian home. And being raised in a Christian home, you go to church because, well, I would get a spanking if I threw a fit, so I went to church. As a teenager, I went to church because there was a girl there. 
that I liked, and so I went to church. I wasn't saved. An evangelist preached a message on the horrors of hell. 17 years old and raised in a Christian home. And, but when I heard that message, I had two fears in my heart. If I die, I'll spend an eternity in hell. But the other fear was, what will my friends think? What will my dad say? What will my pastor say? I've lived this sham. I've lived this life that is on the outward good. But on the inside, I knew I was lost. I struggled with it. The peer pressure, the fear of what people would say. But I'm so glad the fear of spending eternity in hell and God's love for me was a decision that I made. Shortly after that, while I was 17 years old, a missionary came. We had a missionary conference, and God began to work in my life about ministry. <laughs> you have to understand, speech was required in our school, high school, I waited until my senior year to take speech. I was an, I'm, I'm an introvert. I, I don't like standing in front of people. It's hard for me to express myself and to communicate properly. And when it was my turn to give a speech, I'd leave class. I wouldn't attend class. Finally, my speech teacher caught up with me and says, Gary, if you don't give a speech, you're not going to graduate. If you don't graduate, what are you going to do? She says, I'll tell you what. I told her my problem, and she says, okay, you make a 10-minute speech, and I'll pass you. I agreed with that, attended class, and gave a speech. It's supposed to have been 10 minutes. It lasted one minute, 30 seconds. When I got through, most of it was, uh, 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 uh. And, uh, <laughs> when I got through, I said, I'll never give another speech again. That's not me. Standing in front of people, no, not me. I was a dairy farmer. I could talk to cows real well. Talk to people, that's another thing. But in a missions conference, God began to work in my life. He says, Gary... I want you to serve. I said, there's no way. As I look at my youth department, I said, he's a better person. Why don't you check him out? Why are you bothering me with this? And God began to work in my life to a point I went to my pastor. I said, pastor, I believe God is working in my life about ministry. My pastor looked at me he says, Gary, you'll never make it. That's what he said. And I went home and I said, yes! I don't have to be in the ministry. <laughs> God had different plans. He wouldn't let me go. I, I, in my prayer, I said, God, you've got to be desperate. Isn't there anybody else? I said, yes. 
Man, I was so scared. Going, coming from Idaho, a two-lane highway to a seven-lane highway in L.A. and going to Bible school and trying to get a sermon ready and prepare and stand before my peers and preach. It was a fearful thing. And it's still fearful. But I'm so glad. Listen, I'm so glad that I said yes. I'm so glad that I'm standing before you this morning. And I want to encourage you that regardless of how you feel and regardless of your inadequacies and regardless of what you think, God has a plan for you. God wants to use you. There's seven churches that have been started in Papua New Guinea. Bible school that has graduated over 400 students. Churches are being planted by those students as they are sent out by their local churches. I'm so glad I said yes. I may not be able to articulate and be able to speak like other men. But in New Guinea, they're just glad somebody's there telling them the gospel. And I'm so glad that I said yes. I don't know your heart. God does. I don't know what you're thinking. I don't know what your inadequacies are. I don't know what your fears are. God does. And God says, I'm able. I've called you. I'll protect you. I'll give you the grace. And let me work through you. See, when I feel like, who am I? John the Baptist said this that I may decrease, that he may increase. I want God to be increased in my life. I want people to see Christ in my life. And if I get out of the way and let him do his work, then Christ will be magnified. Israel. I'm so glad that God gave Israel a second chance. <laughs> It was a used a different generation. But he says, I'm not through. My promise is still true. And I still have a land for you. 38 years. Now a new generation comes up. Don't say in your heart. Don't let fear keep you from entering into that promised land. What is God asking you to do? And you're saying... I could never do that. Surrender it to God and allow Him to use you so that the blessings, like the promised land to Israel, God can bless your life and use you in a great way to see soul saved lives changed.